Welcome to the Torah Journey Podcast. My name is Rabbi Ken Brodkin, and I've been a community rabbi for over 15 years. During that time, I've learned that the wisdom of Judaism is powerful, but it's not always easy to understand. Our weekly podcast will enrich your journey and give you practical advice about how to apply the wisdom of Judaism to your life. We'll offer you insights based on the Parsha, current events, the Jewish year, and more. This is the Torah Journey Podcast. We're here in Portland, Oregon, and it's been riveting to watch our very own city at the center of a national debate ensuing about justice. There is a lot of players and opinions about the situation that's unfolded here, and I'm not going to delve into that debate, but I'll just say that today's struggle here and nationally really highlights just how central justice is in a society. At the end of the first chapter of Pirkei Avot, Rabban Gamliel says that the world endures in Dean, Emes, and Shalom, justice, truth, and peace. And I found this statement puzzling because given that just earlier in their chapter, Shimon Tzadik said that the world stands in Torah, Avot, and Gamilus Chesed on divine service, the study of Torah and kindness. So which formula is it? Is it Torah and kindness or is it justice and truth? And I believe the answer is that the world really stands on Torah, Avodah, and Chesed, the study of Torah, serving God, doing kindness. These pillars really form the purpose of our life. However, for the world to endure, these pillars need to live in a world where we have a framework of Dean, Emes, and Shalom. We have to have a world where justice operates. And so our rabbis teach us that we should pray for the welfare of the government, because without it, each man would swallow his fellow alive. And so Rabbi Gamliel, likewise, is teaching us that for the world to meet its purpose, we have to have a foundation of justice. And that foundation is something that we really need to ponder. What does this foundation look like? What are its impediments? And how do we establish it? How do we establish it? So join me, and we're going to ponder our role in advancing a just society. Justice is at the heart of Sefer Devarim, the book that we're beginning this week. And as the Sefer opens, Moshe rebukes the Jewish people, but also reminds them that God has made Israel numerous. And because of that population growth, Moshe has appointed many judges over the people. And so a new justice system is emerging, which just highlights the success, of, the success and the brach of the Jewish people. And at the same time, Moshe points to the challenges that judges and the justice system are presented with. You shall not show favoritism and justice, Moshe tells the Jewish people. Small and great case alike you shall hear. Lo taguru ish. You shall not fear flesh and blood. Because judgment belongs to God. And so Moshe has both placed justice at the center of the conversation while also teaching us that favoritism and human pressure stand in the way of justice. Indeed, the Ramban writes that God wants a world in which there is justice and people are not afflicted. And since God has made us his agents in this world, we have to be sure that we fear only God and not our fellow man. And that's a theme that continues into our Haftorah, the first chapter of Yeshayahu, Because throughout his prophecies, Yeshaya returns again and again to the idea that Hashem is a God of truth, and Hashem wants tzedek and mishpat, righteousness and justice in the world. And our Haftorah, the prophet, prays for a time that judges and advisors will be returned. And he remarks that Sion will be redeemed through justice and mishpat. Sion b'mishpat tipadeh. 
And so during these, this time of these nine days, as we look towards the future redemption, we know that that future Geula will be a time when justice will reign. And Yeshayahu exhorts us, Limdu heitev, dirshu mishpat. Learn to do good, seek justice, he teaches us. Vindicate the victim, render justice to the orphan, and take up the grievance of the widow. Well, what's the meaning of this verse? Are the widow and the orphan and the poor more deserving of justice than anyone else? And the answer is, it's not that they're more deserving, but the poor and weak are vulnerable. And so a justice system does need to take that into account. They might not be able to represent themselves so well. And at the same time, everyone deserves justice. And the Torah teaches us that there's various pressures that could cause us to favor the poor, for example. The Torah in in Shmos uh, 23, for example, says that Dal, a destitute person, Lotadar Berivo, you should not glorify the destitute in their grievance. And likewise, the Torah in Vayikra says you should not commit a perversion in justice, you shall not favor the poor, and you shall not honor the prominent. But Sedek Tishbot Amitacha, with righteousness you shall judge your fellow. And so, in truth, God sees justice as a broad standard for our society, whether you're poor, whether you're rich. Now, the prophet Yeshayahu was concerned about the poor because it's natural that their needs could get overlooked. But at the same time, when there's a bias in favor of the poor against the rich, that also is something that we have to uproot and make sure that there is the truth and justice in all society for everyone. And so the, the, the reality is that there's, there's pressures that everyone faces, whether you're a judge or, or not. But the, the, with that societal pressure, the Torah tells us that judges need to overcome that pressure. And, and God tells us, do not fear a human being. There was actually a figure known as the Briska Rav in the late 19th century who was the rabbi of the city of Brisk in Lithuania. And, uh, you know, he was a rabbi of a city with, with thousands of Jews, and there were various pressures throughout his career. At one point, for example, um, he, was, he was pressured to relax the laws of Kashrut in the city, and he remarked that his motto as rabbi was, ish, do not fear flesh and blood. And so this is the, this is the justice system that, that, that we have to try to advance, a place where we fear only God. Justice really is at the earliest roots of our people. The concept of justice, in fact, was a key attribute that distinguished Avraham from Sodom and Amorah. And the Haftarah really echoes that sentiment, because when Isaiah wanted to go and exhort the Jewish people for corruption, telling them to return to the ways of Tzedek, he says to them, O people of Amorah, as if to say, you're acting like the people of Sodom and Amorah, not like, the pe- not like Avraham. And when we look back to Bereshit, the Torah introduces us to the Torah story of Sodom, telling us that God wanted to uproot the city, but first, God needed to inform Avraham of what he's doing with the city of Sodom. Why is it that God needs to tell Avraham? Well, the Torah says, Now I know that Avraham will be a great and mighty nation, for I have loved him, because he commands his children, his household after him, that they keep the way of Hashem doing tzedakah and mishpat. And so what is it? What is the way that God introduces Avraham in contrast with Sodom? Avraham is a man of tzedakah and mishpat, a man of righteousness and justice. That's what distinguishes him from those cities. 
And so God must first inform Avraham of what he is doing to those cities. And then moments later, when God tells Avraham that this, this, this place will be destroyed, Avraham turns to God and he says, Hashem, judge of the world, please do mishpat, do just justice. If there's righteous people in these cities, then please save them. And so Avraham, who himself walked in Sedek, who himself commanded his children to go in the ways of righteousness, is appealing to God, the true judge, to see the tzedek, to see the justice or righteousness that might exist in the city of Sodom. But alas, it's not there. And so what emerges is that there was a lack of tzedek, a lack of justice in the city of Sodom. And what exactly was the problem with the city? The Ramban Nachmanides, quoting from a verse in Yechezkel, explains that Sodom was a society that didn't care for the, for the poor. They did not strengthen the hand of the poor or the destitute. And Rashi, too, follows this idea that the population of Sodom couldn't tolerate the chesed that Avram's nephew Lot did when he was trying to bring in his guests. And in fact, when Lot took in those guests, there was a lot of fear and a very big mob mentality of people coming to Lot's house and trying to squelch his efforts and his kindness. And so Sodom was a place where tzedakah did not flourish, but fear festered. And the Torah states that the outcry, the tzedakah of Sodom went up. And when you think about it, tzedakah outcry is really the opposite of tzedakah charity. Because when there is tzedek and tzedakah, when there is caring for the poor and doing kindness, there is no tzedakah, there is no outcry that is needed. But again, what is the problem with Sodom? Is it really a lack of tzedek justice? Or was it a lack of chesed kindness? And the corollary question is, what was Avraham about? Was Avraham about chesed kindness? Or was he about tzedek righteousness? And the answer is, that chesed and tzedek are really interrelated because the person of God looks at his resources and he realizes that those resources come from Hashem. And just like God created us and God gives us of so many resources, so too we need to give from our lives and our resources to others. And so in a sense, doing kindness, giving tzedakah, really is tzedek. It really is what is just and what is the right thing to do. To have all sorts of resources and not share them at all, that is not justice. Now, it's easy to trample over the vulnerable, and it's also easy at times to say that the rich don't deserve justice, but the Torah teaches us that tzedek and tzedakah are universal qualities that we need to have that are the foundation of a society. And I think that's an important thing for us to look at, is how exactly do we advance this? How do we advance this vision, this vision of, of having a society where there is broad justice and tzedek? And I think that one of, the, one of the main themes that we really pick up on from our parsha is this idea of lo taguru ish. We're not allowed to fear flesh and blood. We can only fear God unto whom justice truly belongs. And we live in a time when there is great fear, and there is uh, a, a very great problem with that. Take, for example, the cancel culture of our times. 
a person or a celebrity says something wrong, they tweet the wrong message, and all of a sudden they're canceled with no chance to redeem themselves. I actually know an individual who, um, who, who posted some things on social media. They meant it in one way and it was taken another way, and that person lost their career. Is that just? Is that justice that a person should say something and be judged and not be given a second chance? This is really a, a great example of the culture of fear that's at work in our society. And that is something which is a, a great problem that we are, we are facing. Many people live in fear of expressing their opinions. And in fact, last week, the New York Times columnist Barry Weiss uh, announced her resignation from the New York Times. And one of the things that she was talking about was how she could not advance her pro-Jewish or her pro-Israel views or other uh, non-conforming views without being called a racist and even being called a Nazi. And so the media and the New York Times, which here it's supposed to be a bastion of dialogue and of discourse, then in reality is a vehicle for fear and for groupthink. And the Torah tells us, Lo taguru mipneish, do not fear any person. Do not fear flesh and blood. We can only fear Hashem as we bring righteousness and truth and shalom into the world. And so what can we do? What, what, what can we bring to our world that will advance the situation? Perhaps we cannot change all of our society, but our prophets call us to do justice. And that's not only a call to actual judges. It's a call to people. And I think that one of the things that we can, we can do is to realize that in a society where God is the source of truth, we can't be afraid of people and we need to be open to listening to other people's views. I believe that one of the great things that we can do is to form our own counterculture in our own homes, in our own synagogues, in our own communities where we listen to one another with genuine, sincere curiosity and respect to listen to one another's opinions. And I think that this is a time then that people are questioning justice so much where we can build community where we sincerely listen to one another. The culture of our world is to assume that anyone else on the other side is on the other side and we've got to attack them. But our potential and our importance at this time is to be a counterculture of listening and overcoming that fear. And so let's build our own internal stronghold of tzedek and mishpat. And in fact, when we look back, we see that Avraham Avinu was the true counterculture in, Sido- against Sido- in contrast with Sodom and Amara. And so today we walk in Avraham's footsteps, guiding those around us to do tzedek and mishpat, righteousness and justice.